Hey there, Friday Night Movie fans. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. This episode is so special that our cold open gets its own bumper. Why does it get that bumper, Lily? Well, because um, it needs a little bit of context. It uh, is, in true Friday Night Movie fashion, a authentic interaction of siblings that gets testy. And as our fans have made it very clear, they love when we argue with each other. Absolutely. But we want to also be very mindful that this is a perfect example of Lily and I being terrible older siblings. Annoying. There's shit out of Becky. <laughs> yeah, and pushing a hungry Becky that we have forced in that moment to record back-to-back episodes all within the same hour to stay longer and do an episode. And so that is important context going into this. And I don't know, um, people say going into 22-like. I would say going into 2022-like this, because it's awesome. Really? Yeah, Any absolutely. Advice? Any advice is just um, make sure you get a snack. Yeah. To lessen your blood cold. High. <laughs> Enjoy. Becky, do you have a half hour and we don't have to record this week? Then we knock it out for the next week, which is the food challenge or surgery. You guys can't record on Sunday? No, it's just practical. Like we're sitting here right now. We could have, we could. And then we don't have to deal with it this week. Okay. Shut the fuck up. I said I would go ask. You guys are annoying me so much. I literally said three times, let me go ask. I can't believe you just told us to (laughs) shut the fuck up. Uh, Yes. You're being so annoying. You guys are being so irritating, honestly. Welcome to the first Friday Night Movie episode of 2021, uh, 2022, even though it's the last one recorded in 2021, but we've got a little extra time on the day that we're recording this, so we're going to get, we're going to get going, and we're going to Do talk we have a little extra time? We're going to Two out of three people had extra time. I think if there's one thing this movie teaches you- I hope you that... use my outburst as the cold open. Me too. <laughs> if there's one- thing this movie don't look up teaches you is that you should use the time that you have to spend it with the ones that you love because there's no hope for anything else so you might as well just do whatever you want to do i found this movie extremely bleak but uh i know that there is a lot to it and there's a lot of very good things about it but i'm just giving my little my little riff there to to, so funny so I, I I was I was also that was my hot take. That's not the bleak is the first thing I'll say about this movie, but Becky realistic. I found it since like you saw it first. Terrifying. I found it terrifyingly realistic. What's it about? Uh, it is about uh, two scientists who discover a comet hurtling towards Earth that, upon impact, will destroy all life on Earth, and they try their utmost to convince the president of the united states and the planet at large that this is real and this is happening but as as it is it is a very divisive topic and many people are not interested in saving planet earth they are interested in benefiting from the comet uh, how they see fit 
and you know chaos ensues which i thought that was a great twist yeah it was close everybody up amazing. But, but the things about it that i found to be so hilariously realistic wasn't just like the whole uh you know we're gonna profit off the comet instead of just save you know instead of a hundred percent being able to save planet earth we're gonna take you know you know like that's not the part that was so funny it was the little things like that one general charging them for snacks and the way jennifer lawrence's character is the best bit in the movie the rest of the movie it was a great bit in the the movie but it took me out of the movie because i don't it's never really resolved right he was just being a dick it's amazing. But that's why nothing like that or would never be resolved in life. It doesn't need to be resolved. But if the movie's the supposed way... to be realistic. But if that, that, that what I think is so I know what, what I think is so realistic, realistic is that happened to you, especially you have worked in the government. No, no. There are wait, other let me finish. Government... Wait, let me finish. If that happened to Shai, who has worked in the government and something like that happened to him, months later, as the world ends, I do see Shai sitting there with Ali being like, okay, but wait. Let what? What was his motivation so for doing I, it? You would not let it go. I agree. It's so absurd. I don't see of all people a four-star general doing it. Which, if it had been some other government agency, well, I would it's have. Funny this way, I would <laughs> have bought it. A four-star general just so, doesn't strike me as the guy who is. And then waiting there all day with those shitty snacks, and then getting sent to a hotel. Nuggets, that part was great. Those little when, nuggets that Adam McKay gives you. When throughout a film, I think just make just just make him totally brilliant. But there's there's so much going on. It like the the cast is obviously phenomenal, and it's not just that it's a great cast. It's that it's it's such a phenomenal cast that is so well cast in each of their roles. In particular, I want to discuss Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill as the president's son slash chief of staff. Perfection. It, perfection. I mean, because you can debate it when oh, they go, I like Jonah Hill. I don't think I find him funny. I don't when think she makes funny. A, he is perfect in this role. When she makes, when Jennifer Lawrence makes a crack about him being the son, and then he calls her the dragon tattoo, and then <laughs> boy, with later the dragon tattoo. He's like, Dragon Dad, do I'm doing fine or whatever. And then you actually find out that he is her son. <laughs> I thought she was she was messing with him. Really? That was great. I didn't realize. That so, was so funny. I did a little bit of research. And um, I mean, not research. I watched a, a clip on a, a video on YouTube with Adam McKay talking about That's what percentage of, of the script is actually improvised. And he, you know, he says there's a small percent. He always lets the actors improvise. He doesn't make them you know, say the lines as written more than once or twice. And then after that, he really lets them just go with it and see what they can get. Um, In Jonah Hill's speech at the end of the world, where he does a prayer for stuff is improvised. And before I knew it was improvised, when I, when that happened, I was losing my mind, but that's the most perfect when he says, I want to say a prayer for stuff like sick apartments and cool watches. I mean, I know people, you know, people who, who say those prayers and just the way he delivers it and the things he comes up. I mean, I thought it was one of the the funniest moments in the, in the whole movie. And it was great to know that he, he riffed in that scene and just made that up. Cause it's so good. He that was, he was, was one of my great in that movie. And the scene where he throws the snacks at them, on the floor. On the floor. <laughs> and then he says, 
Oh, do you want to come meeting? into the meeting? And he just closes <laughs> the door. See, that to me, great. that to me is right on what it's like being in the government. And it's very Veep esque. I think Veep perfected yeah. it. And I think this, if I could describe, if I could do, do a description of what this movie best is, adapted description? best, best adapted? adapted description best of adapted. this movie, my best adapted description of this movie would be Mars Attacks in the Loop. That's a great one. Mm. I would say Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, you know, has has a meeting with Selena Gomez. With not Selena Gomez, Selena Selena Meyer, <laughs> Selena Gomez, Selena Meyer from with yeah. that. That to me is more so, of, the, of the hybrid. So I because it has the, really, like tech, like, like the okay. really emboldened tech, you know, guru people who believe that everything they do is for the best of the of of the planet and for everyone. You know that entitlement mixed with the with the Veep politics. So I I really like the movie. Um, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it's a bit long. I appreciate Adam McKay straying, like stepping out of kind of this like hyper realistic, data driven, information driven, you know, films and TV shows that he does um, that have so much. You you really need you know, have like a, a master's degree in whatever the topic is because they're so chalk with facts and stuff like that. I appreciate it that they just go, they keep just saying it's five to 10 kilometers wide. This is a comment. Like he doesn't get into the nitty gritty of any of that, which he's so good at, but it's riddled with this satirical there was humor. no Margot Robbie will explain you how the housing crisis. Exactly. I, right. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I thought that was great that he then, you know, veered more to comedy. We know he's, very talented and um you know a, a very funny creator but he he also has this ability to make something very serious stream through his films and i think i thought it was great that by the end it, it takes that very sad serious tone but i highly enjoyed the whole movie and it's i, I thought the ending was was really well done i also i know that there's a lot of problems it makes it very one-sided you know it's it, it it's kind of like Ali said, it's preaching to the choir of this movie. I get that, but it also caused, even within our group, who we all agree that like it's brilliant that the the people standing outside being like, there's no comet, it's a conspiracy, and there's literally a comet falling out of the sky. That's so well done, and we all agree that there is a comet coming, and even then, within our own little discussion, we had a lot to talk about the movie. So while it's not, you know, perfect and it is a bit too one-sided, I still think it's great that it kind of forced us to talk about moral decisions and, you know, how we see the situation right now and is it really that depressing? And I enjoyed it. I mean, for a movie that's on Netflix with how many, they said there's seven Oscars between the cast and 41 nominations. And it's a movie on Netflix by Adam McKay. Sign me up. Yeah. Like, what more could I ask for? This is definitely higher quality than the usual dreck we get from Netflix. And I'll say, I think Adam McKay has emerged as one of the best satire filmmakers. I think, I think this movie, I mean, when I say this movie is bleak, he's done movies about two things that we lived through that like I have very vivid memories right. because I that's came a, of age as point. an adult during the period of vice. Well, during the, the latter half of the period of vice, when I was working in government, when Dick Cheney was vice president. And 
also the big short the and, the, and the big short which, yeah. which we lived through right my wife and i owned our first place during that period and i um i found this one so much more chilling those were chilling and they were but but i felt like i had some sort of control over that reality in a certain degree and even though i didn't because they were like big powerful people playing with like the pawns of the world this one was fantasy and i was just unsettled by by the end especially um and at the same time i'll say that i i i like it as a cautionary tale but because i'm used to him telling a story that is realistic um I am a little. I was a little bit frustrated with it because I was frustrated. Well, that's an interesting point. I was more frustrated with him because I feel like even though he tells these critical stories, what's going on over there, Beck? What do you mean? I don't know. We can just hear. Like, just hear like, I was just yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, he, I was frustrated with him in this one because it felt so real, but then. It also felt like it was missing things, whereas in Vice and the Big Short, obviously he's telling one version of a story, but in those, there were one perspective or multiple, you know, a certain perspective on the story. I felt like those were were more fair, and this one I felt like more frustrated, but also because it was so not hopeful, and uh, so so I had a harder time emotionally. Now maybe that's because it really resonated with me. I do think it's a it it is slightly unfair to the where innovation comes from in the United States in particular, because I get that the, the Apple guy or whatever his name was, Mark Rylance was the evil villain trying to get the rare earth minerals, which by the way is a very real issue right now. The rare earth mineral supply shortage is an actual thing you'd see us right. be concerned about vis-a-vis China. Like that those things were Wait, but that's the thing you're gonna get from Adam McKay is that the issues brought up in the movie yeah. are timely and real, which is but, great. But but I also think that I don't know, maybe this is just my old fashioned view of the world, and maybe that's it's coming from my point of view of privilege or whatever. But I do believe there are a lot of good I know a lot of good people in government who are really good public servants who try to do the right thing and who make really hard choices and this president was terrible um and and i think if you're talking about something like climate change maybe this is a really good metaphor for that right the slow moving crisis that you have multiple chances to do the right thing on right on the other hand i think it's also not fair to innovation and where that comes from in the business world and in the in the private industry world because that's also where vaccines come from that's also where electric cars come from right. that, and and often it comes from by the way with investment from the government right so i think that I, I i believe i'm a little bit more hopeful on the other hand and i think becca will really appreciate this i think this movie may very, may very well be the doctor strange love of our generation i think this right i don't this, because it's Go ahead. I want to interrupt you. Sorry. No, I was saying okay. that I, it's yes, it's bleak. Um, and but the point is to make a point, right? The point yeah. is not to show the ways in which there are heroes in government or people in government with you know convictions and courage and do the right thing. It's to show the ways in which basic truths cannot be agreed on and if we cannot agree on a baseline of what is real and what is true 
what is dangerous. That's brilliant. Then then what conversation are we even having? Which we're not having. We're not having a productive conversation. We're not going to be able to accomplish anything if we cannot agree on the fact that if you look up into the sky, there is a comet. And that makes sense. The bigger point, and that's why it's satire. That's why the president, you know, the president seems to have an extraordinary amount of control in this, you know, in this scenario. It's she doesn't seem to be very. And and that's why I'm saying this could be. Our new, the new Doctor Strange love, and in in, in, yeah. in a complimentary way, that yes, I yes. enjoyed Doctor Strange love, um, but I also enjoyed Doctor Strange love because it's removed from, I but, it's removed from that period. Maybe in thirty years, this will be a funnier movie. But, but what's interesting to Becky's point is that I find it, I I find it really interesting that our parents, specifically our dad, did not like this movie, who grew up as really? you know baby boomers in a in you know post-World War II era where the causes and the things were very agreed upon in the in their world, right? The fights that people were fighting against, civil rights, uh Vietnam, you know what I mean? Like these things in their world society agreed upon and now things are such a goddamn mess. <laughs> that this movie highlights how in their lifetime, like Shai was saying, the, you know, we've lived through certain things that Anna McKay has touched on. Well, if you look at, you know, the life events of our parents, like seventies in their actual seventies, I mean, then this movie is incredibly uncomfortable because it's, it's just a big mirror up to what a shit show things are and how we can't even agree on something like a, a comet coming down to earth. So it makes sense why, you know, I want, I'm curious uh, are the people that no. didn't like, you know what age group they're in one thing i want to so point I don't out think it's that a bad i thought movie. was I, no, no, no one thing i want to point out that i thought was actually really well done and really poignant is that i think that this like these days you know religion and faith are more and more like looked down upon or or you know separated out from people who could be liberal or scientific right and mm-hmm. so i thought them having the moment of chamelay's character that's amazing scene isn't that so beautiful Perfect. like where he admits so- privately that he actually does believe in god and he is religious and he came to it in his own way and then for that to be able to bring value to everybody else at the end of the movie is so well done and i think it's that little nugget it's that little thread that to me makes this film work so so well to tie that in there to bring that in it, it, it was one of the moments that made me think most because i was like wow th- this isn't i'll say what this movie isn't although i do think it's a little extreme but to becky's point it's making a point it isn't a simple godless liberal you know secular I, I think that's why it's in there. Is it a little bit token prayer? Like, okay, no. well. Yeah, but but it honors no. it honors prayer in a nice way. It's a beautifully done. And you're scene. given the nugget really earlier well in the film of him saying that he came to believe in God and he came to religion really on his own, because though he was raised with it, it it like he had to find it for himself. And so in the, we don't know very much about this character. He's a very funny, very silly character, but this is one genuine, sincere thing that we know about him. And so I think in the moment when it happens, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes out of a thread that was put in earlier in the film to give this, this, you know, random guy a little bit of depth. 
at the moment, I think it's because, oh, it's just giving him a little bit of depth. But now it's brought back as a thread later to to bring comfort in a sincere way to all these people. Yeah. You know, really their cool. table. And he's so, I mean, I mean, you talk about it, this film being so well cast that even the small, smaller roles like that are such good actors doing such, you know, really I, delivering. I mean, it's I do ridiculous. feel like when they roll, want to roll out a hipster Jesus, though, everyone's like, get Chalamet, Chalamet. It's perfect. Chalamet. I mean, but Kate Blanchett. I mean, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett was, was over the top of it. And Tyler Perry with, with her teeth, like yeah. <laughs> to her her cat <laughs> teeth. Yeah, and her and, line at the end where she's like, "I just want to get drunk and talk shit about people." Yeah, that is. Oh, right, and like you know, at the point where I'm like, when you have Tyler Perry and her being the like morning show host, I'm like, you're just showing off. Like <laughs> that's ridiculous. But I think I think you could. I don't know. I think very. You could very. See, I think Jonah Hell could easily get his oscar for this finally the best supporting oscar he was deli- for this. he was delightful to even watch. though it's not the best acting he's ever done he no. was so perfect he was, in it. he was perfect though and, and him and, and i his, think Kate him and, could yeah i think Kate blanchard was i mean she's always amazing but i just have to read becky sent a list of like funny responses to the movie and someone writes it's called don't look up because i don't want you to see everyone's terrible haircuts <laughs> so funny. Everyone, everyone has awful that's haircuts. True, the, bangs. the bangs and DiCaprio's hair is pretty bad. Also, you know, when Jonah Hill's like, wait, Michigan State? Yeah, that was so that, perfect. That someone writes, everyone who works at a public university in the US knows the struggle is real. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was just such a great bit. That was so well done. I have sat in rooms with people over the years who I, are I political imagined. appointees. Right, I would imagine. Who don't have any idea of where. And I love political appointees. I've worked with thousands of them, but I have worked with people in government who look at you when you try to explain them that something's real, and they just assume they know the entire right. story. Um, all right. Well, so, all right. So, so let's were, yeah, when, when when Meryl Streep's like, let's get some scientists from you know, Harvard and Princeton, you know, just like, you guys are, you guys are cute, but yeah, let's get our yeah. own scientists. And just, we are your scientists. Uh, <laughs> wh- so MVP. MVP. I got, I have to give it to Jonah Hill reluctantly, but I, I think I loved every scene he was in. Ah, I do. I think he's the MVP. I think he's, there's a reason yeah, why everyone's great. talking about him in this movie. Yeah. He he yeah. brought an energy to the role yeah. that could have easily just been an annoying character. So well, so well done. Yeah, it's yeah. He definitely gets MVP. And then the LVP. I don't know if this movie I, has one. I, I have one. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I have a hot Is it take. DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Yeah, I do. He was he's a he's a great actor. No. And he was great in this playing like a frumpy guy. I thought that was perfect. So it's not him. It's the character of Mindy really. I, I understand what they were doing with it. The character is the LVP, not DiCaprio. Because DiCaprio. No, 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 no. Not but DiCaprio. The, ca- the way He's that Pinkett, when we did Matrix, Pinkett is not her. It's the character. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's not Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> once again showed how um, great an actor somebody he Somebody goes, the best part of the satire of this movie is that he has a wife and children that are age appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> that shows you it's really satire. Um, <laughs> his his character really, really bothered me. The way I, I didn't, I, I get it. He gets seduced and he gets seduced by the fame and America's sexiest scientist. But I, you know, there are, I don't know. I think there are a lot of scientists in the last year that have 
taken a real beating by the public and endured death threats to try to say the right thing in our world. And again, I know I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it something it's not, but that character annoyed me. I, I hear that. I uh, think that, I think that that's, I think he, that he bothered was, me. I didn't like his doing, choices. His choices right. really bothered me. I they think were really that, stupid choices. Um, their friend Teddy, is that his name? Teddy? The, Teddy? Teddy? Yeah, yeah, the other scientist. He also gets he gets disappointed and annoyed with him. Yeah, I love that character. That character too. is great. I thought that was really well done. Um, and then, so what about you all, though? Do you have it? I agree with you. I feel like, yeah, if you because otherwise I can't pick one. Because, like, you could say the president. She's a terrible person. She's but fantastic. she gets what she deserves, and... And she's within the, <laughs> the person that they gave us to make. Brontorok. Brontorok is amazing. I miss that. Is he able to death? Yeah, he it, said that because of the phone can predict because of your phone and all the things that you bought. I can I can predict your okay, death within whatever percentage. She, she goes around telling people their death, and he says to her, Brontorok. I like, saw oh, where that was coming. I said, okay, some species is gonna come out. Senior is gonna eat her. I still thought it was perfect. And yeah. also the fact that her character, when she was naked running on the earth, had, had a giant the, tattoo. Had yeah, a giant it was stamp just amazing. Was hilarious and perfect. Or the fact that all the people that they clearly brought on this ship with them were just like old people. Like no one who would be remotely useful 22,000 years in the future in like, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, we don't know. She said yeah. over half the people died. We don't know who died. Right, but when you if you look at that scene, most of the people that, that survive to get off the ship are like quite old and are probably just like a bunch of old rich people that they knew and like no one who could actually like build a shelter or make fire or something. Yeah, it's very that was very funny. And then the MUP because I want to I want to bring this through from the last episode, the most underdeveloped potential character MUP. I would say is that Teddy. Generally. No, yeah, I didn't need more of him. No. He was just a cameo. I would say the Teddy Professor, he was great, and they could have had him be even a more main character. I really liked his character. Thought he was very, very funny from the beginning when he's <laughs> sitting there with them for hours. <laughs> um, he's also kind of looped in, like lumped in with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, where he's kind of he doesn't become the celebrity. He does choose the right thing, and right, it's they, the two of them. It's the two of them against everybody else in the end. I, I could have gotten a little bit more of him. Right, for the amount that they gave us of him, he at the might beginning. not have been yeah. needed at certain points. Yeah, they could have given us a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I'm with you there. That's a good answer. What about you, Beck? Uh, sure. Yeah. You can right. me. All right. Bye, Renter Mad Becky. Bye. This is a bye for me. Really? I'm going to rent it only because I don't need to see it again, but I liked it enough to buy it. But I just don't, I think this is a movie that I'll see once and I'm good. And I'll like get all the memes on the social media. I don't have to sit through it again. But I, I did really like it. I'm going to buy it for the film that it is and the fact that I think Adam McKay has emerged as one of the best satirical storyteller. I'm going to rent it for the feeling I had from watching it. But then I feel like that means that Adam McKay achieved his goal because he made me uncomfortable and made me think about like the world. And so therefore it's a buy. Right. Agreed. Does that make sense, Beck? Yeah. All right, hey. shout outs and Rex back in this new year. The first few weeks of this new year, what are you going to watch? Well, I'm going to be watching a lot of stuff probably the first few weeks of this new year because I'm going to be 
assuming I don't get COVID in the next week, because it seems like everyone's getting COVID. Assuming I don't get COVID in the next week, I will be recovering from a little surgery and I will be, I have so many plans. I'm going to finish Witcher. I also want to, I have a few things I want to finish. Witcher, Insecure. I'm planning on hopefully watching a lot of The Expanse with Vlad. We're already on season four. I think I'm yes. going to watch Hawkeye. I think that'll be like a fun recovery oh, everybody's, show. I'm everybody Hawkeye loves that show. Lovable. Um, Hawkeye was yeah, so Yeah, and good. if I can get certain things on streaming, uh, I'm definitely planning on watching Licorice Pizza. Come on, come on. Uh, French Dispatch could be a really fun recovery movie. So, you know, also feel free to send me your Rex RX because I'm going to have a couple of weeks of being laid up in bed. So let me know what I should watch. All right, Lil, what are you going to watch at the beginning here of 2020? I want to finish The Witcher with you, which is very exciting. And then um, I want to watch, yeah, like a whole bunch of stuff with Beck. I don't know. I feel like I'm at your guys' disposal, whatever you guys want to watch. I want, well, I want to keep watching Succession. I'm going to finish season three. And I want to watch the Book of Boba Fett, which just came out. And that's I thought gonna... you were off of those Star Wars I, I shows. I don't. I you know what? The, I can't. Wait, are, they, not is, watch. are they not doing the Mandalorian I, anymore? And now they're doing. No, this? they'll do it again one day. I think. I have to say, of the characters that I never wanted to see have their own movie or TV show, at most maybe a video game, is Boba Fett. I don't want to know more about Boba Fett. He's like the alien from Aliens. The more we found out, the more we <laughs> wish we were like, ugh, just. Just, just please don't. I don't understand what what the black goo what the, <laughs> the neomorphs. Just stop telling us things. So on the other hand, it's Star Wars in the Star Wars universe that Star Wars fans like that isn't destroying the mythos, and it's from the the Favreau verse and the Waititi verse. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm going to support that even if I'm less interested. And plus, because of the period it's taking place, which is post-Return of the Jedi, pre-Force Awakens, I think one of the most important things that they can do with this period is fill in the blanks of the plot to resurrect the Emperor so that the rise of Skywalker, which people complain about so much, I think if there's more depth to that element of the story, then people won't complain as much about that movie because then the Emperor's story will have been fleshed out, which, by the way, could have been done had they not wasted an entire movie at the casino zoo with with Guillermo, not Guillermo, uh, Benicio del Toro, who we never saw again for good reason. So I'm like, I got some parting shots. Maybe he'll show up in Book of Boba Fett. You never know. Oh, please. Uh, So with that, Becky, where can people follow you? At paper, BK Prentice on Twitter. And Lily, where can people follow you? G-G-C-H-I-C-H-I-K Gomez on the Twitter. And Shai, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Pancake and the number four table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow, oh, wait. Um, all of all the Friday, Friday Night Shenanigans movie? at Friday Night Movie. <laughs> and you can follow... Uh, what is Friday Night Movie Pod? Wow, this makes me all think th- that you normally have it written down somewhere. No, he's no, just I don't. tired. I, just he's the super tired. I took, by the way, I taught Lily's kid to ski yesterday. And today. And today. And today. Honestly, that teacher, good thing you got that lesson for free. Jeez. Um, uh, but I, I feel like he had way more fun with me. <laughs> he did. Anyways, you can listen to, you can follow all the organizations that we support in the show notes. DM me if you want to find out how to get free stuff yeah. on vacation. <laughs> yeah, Lily knows how to get free stuff on vacation. It's 2022. 
let's hope for some awesome good pop culture things to enjoy ourselves love you guys bye love you bye They never showed up. Poor Ari sat there, Becky, and waited and waited for 45 minutes. And multiple people, including me, twice went into the lessons and area me. and said, here is where my nephew and my brother-in-law are waiting. waiting. On a bench. They expected him to just stand like around. So they went and sat on a bench. And Jose specifically asked this like old, like clearly drunk ski instructor where they should stand. And the guy was like, right there where they were no, he was right it was right at the spot where it and said lessons. no one showed up and then i literally becky i went full dad <laughs> i went full dad when i went into the ski instructor school like uh, check-in he desk. how much they're charging you it was 280 dollars becky 90 290 290 i walked into the like ski school check-in there are four adults three receptionists and one manager and i was like my five-year-old has been waiting for 35 minutes for his lesson. In the snow. There are four adults in here. And he has a British accent. I was like, none of you are doing any, like, you are doing nothing to help us. He, he, and I paid you $290. Are you my teacher, ma'am? So did somebody actually show up? Everybody that walked by, Ari just went, are you my teacher? Are you? So did somebody eventually show up? Please teach me to ski, mom. <laughs> no, they were like, they... well, you were not in the right spot. Okay. So the teacher probably thought you were a no-show, and she she went skiing, we can't find her. Becky, there's one road open on this hill. Yeah. And there's only half of it open because half of it's way, grass. There were 25 <laughs> instructors walking around with nothing to do. Right. Like, and she was go. like, we're going to find you an instructor. We're going to get you the top instructor. I was like, don't you sweet talk me. Get me a so warrant, buddy. And he got his lesson. Oh, so should you get your money problem. back? They had to go find her. I know, but there were thirty. Yeah, she's like, we're gonna find you a top instructor. I'm like, literally, any of those guys in blue can take my kid down the I'm hill. Like, he's five. He doesn't need a top instructor. He's not learning I, to do moguls. So yeah, eventually this girl showed up. They gave me my money back. She only did an hour. I did not tip her. For fuck's sake. Yeah, Lily was like, bye. I was like, bye. She's like, so the lesson's over. I was like see that see that piece of snow turn around and walk towards there i was like we done but also because i tip people lily's been waiting to not tip someone oh, all i'm week. dying to not tip someone all right so, i'm gonna go yeah they gave, me, they gave the we money back you. what else ridiculous. did you get for free did you get your money back because there's only one and oh, then I, I made such a stink i'm like yelling at everybody i'm like i've never seen something so badly organized also there's no one doing lessons there's half a run not even a whole run, Becky. Half of it was grass. Half of it was choppy snow. I was like, there's no one at this mountain. How could you people screw this up? Oh, okay, okay. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. They gave me and Costa's tickets for free today, um, <laughs> which was great. And then I'm standing on the lift to go up the chairlift, and this drunk ski instructor comes over, and he goes, we just want to give you these gift cards to say thank you, and, like, we're so sorry. We hope you come back. And don't, like, oh. don't put a bad review on Yelp. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to give them to my brother. Thank you. Whatever. Fine. Just give me, me, me free more. Free stuff. <laughs>